Welcome to another edition of our MEP Life. My name is Caroline Voden and I'm an MEP for the southwest of England and Gibraltar. And I'm Judith Bunting. I'm MEP for the southeast of England, which you probably know by now, but you never know. We may have new listeners coming in to hear our words of wisdom. Absolutely. Um, you may hear some rustling in a minute because yes. Judith is about to tuck into a croissant. Um, so one of the things we thought you might be interested in hearing about, as well as the votes and the committees and the president and the parliament and the commission and all that stuff, is is what life is like as an MEP. I'm, I can probably speak for Judith when I say this, but certainly for myself, I this was not a long-term career goal of mine. I Since joining the Liberal Democrats, I had always assumed there wasn't going to be another European election. When the email from the party came in April saying, it looks like this election's going ahead and we are going to need candidates, it was a bit of a surprise. And it, I, it wasn't that I didn't think it through, but I, it was a fairly quick decision. It had to be because we only had five or six days to get our application in. So, yeah. um, so suddenly finding ourselves here is a surprise to us as, as much as anyone else. Oh, absolutely. I, when I put my name forward, um, I quite genuinely thought that I would be... The European elections happen on a proportional representation um, system. And without going into the details, it means that you have a list of 10 Liberal Democrats, a list of 10, or in the southeast of England mm. anyway, 10 Conservatives, 10 um, Labour Party members, 10 Brexit Party members, 10 Greens. And the um, number of seats that you win out of that list of 10 depends on how many votes you get. So I thought I'd be sort of mid to the bottom of the list mm. and I was looking forward to um, supporting my colleagues because um, the people at the top of the list who I knew would be there, Catherine Bearder and Anthony Hook, are fantastic. I supported them in 2014 and I was really looking forward to just getting stuck into the campaign, having a month or so campaigning and then back to real life. Um, I work on a contract basis so I could take a gap and then go back to work. And it just didn't work out like that because I ended up are. number three on the list and here I am. And am I allowed to say it just one more time? I'm the person who got elected because the Brexit party did not win a fifth seat in the southeast of England. They took the four UKIP seats, but in Nigel Farage's own backyard, the Brexit party did not increase the number of seats in the European Parliament. And I think that is a blistering fact to be remembered. And um, you can always say the reason you know that for sure is because Judith got elected. Absolutely. And we have two Liberal Democrat MEPs in the southwest of England. So uh, that constituency elects six people. They chose to elect three Brexit Party MEPs. They re-elected Molly Scott Cato for the Greens, That's who was a great MEP over the last five years. Um, and they elected two Liberal Democrats, and Martin was the sixth on the list. So, if he, it was between him and a fourth Brexit Party MEP for that position, and he trounced them and had a big majority over the the six, you know the next candidate down. So, we were really pleased with with that result. Yes, yeah, so we should also say because we're southeast and southwest, but we also have colleagues in the east of England. We have colleagues in the northwest. We have colleagues in the Midlands as well, and we've got York. Sheila up in Scotland. Yorkshire and the Humber. Yorkshire and the Humber. Three from London. Yeah, oh, three from London, of course. Yeah. So there are, yeah, we're a group of 16 and we cover almost the whole country. We didn't, we just 
missed out in the northeast of England yeah. and in Wales, unfortunately. Yeah, but we're working on that. We're working on it. And what we will do over the next few weeks is invite some of our colleagues to come in and talk. So if you're listening to us from elsewhere in the UK, we'll let you know when someone from your neck of the woods is coming on. Hmm. Can I please just yes, rip out my... Oh, I mean... You, you will have read lots of stuff about the MEP life and the gravy train and the flying and the travelling and the free iPads and and all sorts of stuff. Um, So we thought we'd give you a little bit Mm -hmm. of a look behind the scenes. So while Judith is munching her croissant, Mm -hmm. I will talk a little bit about how my life has suddenly changed quite radically. I think out of the 16 of us in the group, I just about have the worst commute of all of us, uh, which is not down to geography because Sheila lives in rural Aberdeenshire, but she... Because of the distance, she has to fly. So she drives to the airport and takes plane. And actually, her journey is less, to Brussels anyway, is is less convoluted and a lot quicker than mine, which involves a, quite a slow train from South Devon to Paddington, quite often delayed, and then a tube to St Pancras, and then a Eurostar to Brussels, and then from the station to the Parliament building. And I have yet to do it in less than eight hours. Ooh, on, eight hours. On paper, hard. it should be six. It never is yeah. with changes and delays and things. So that's twice a week. So that's 16 hours travelling. And I feel that I put in almost a full working day on each of those journeys, um, yeah. doing emails, reading things, writing. It, it's quite nice. We, You get some headspace. You get some peace and quiet. Nobody's talking to you. Your phone doesn't ring. Um, so it is a really good opportunity to catch up on on reading and writing, but it's a long time to be away from the family. Added to the added to the days that you're already here working, and also you talk about reading, and I still haven't cracked this yet. We 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 are given as part of our work large amounts of very interesting material. We've spoken of committee work before, and we have a pressy, you know, a, a proper book of what was done in the previous parliament that we should know and we should read. But I've yet to work out when one is supposed to read them. Mm. Journeys is about the only time because otherwise you're in meetings or you are in discussions or you are voting and you don't get many evenings free because that's also, I mean, this sounds rather cute, but you have receptions and dinners and that is actually where you meet your colleagues and where you meet the lobbyists. And lobbyists aren't all bad. Um, Honestly, that's where you get a lot of information about different industries. So I'm working on energy. Mm. I want to talk to the renewables energy lobby. I want to talk to the gas lobby and try and work out how soon we can phase them out. Mm. I want to talk to the nuclear lobby and to find out what their new research is, whether anybody's looking at thorium yet. And you need to get this information so that you can make your judgments on your committees Mm. And then you have to read everything. Anyway, so that's one I haven't cracked. Yeah, yet. But I've I've got mountains and mountains of reading that I just haven't even looked at yet. I mean, you could you could literally sit all day in front of your inbox and just try and keep up with the emails as they come in. Yes. And that's one of the reasons we have assistants, so we don't actually have to do that. Yes, that's very true. And we could not do this job without our assistants. So mm-hmm. thank you very much, all assistants. And everybody needs them. Every parla- parliamentarian ought to be needing them and if they don't have them then one would question whether they are managing to Mm. keep up with the job so what about the glossy ipad 
So a glossy iPad. Th- this was something um, that uh, got raised. I mean, you may not have. If you're on social media, you probably saw it. But one of the Brexit party did this glorious little... Denunciata Rees Mogg, wasn't oh, it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, saying, I've been given this iPad, I don't know why. Ridiculous I... tweet. And, and talking about it as if it was complete waste of money and profligacy on behalf of the European Union. And what she doesn't seem to realise is that even our local district councillors who were elected on the 2nd of May in Devon... Um, they were all given an iPad by yeah. by the council. I think that's completely standard practice now. Yeah. And one of the reasons is is because it's secure. So yes. we are locked into a secure network on this iPad and it has software on it that has been loaded by the European Parliament, which is software particular to the Parliament and mm-hmm. all sorts of directories and intranets and masses and masses of information. I mean, I haven't even yes, scratched haven't the surface of it that. yet. <laughs> yes. Apparently, you can find the answer to any question you've ever had and ever will have on that iPad if you know where to look. So that's a challenge. You can challenge us to try and find something out for you. Um, and um, and, And see how long it takes us to find it. But also, it's a bit of a godsend. I mean, I... Doing all this travelling, I'm trying to travel with hand luggage if I fly. So on my Strasbourg weeks, I actually have a much better journey, which is quite exciting because I fly from Exeter Airport to Paris and then jump on a train to Strasbourg, which is great and really straightforward. But obviously you're flying with hand luggage. A laptop computer is heavy yes. and all the books and everything. So the iPad is perfect. You just chuck yes. it in your handbag and, and, and you have everything there. And, yeah. and and that's why we have them, so that we can work en route from A to B, and which... Yes, which, which you need do. to do, yeah. which you need to do. There was one response to Annunziata's tweet, which I, I do want to mention. I'm sorry, I can't give you the name of the woman who did it, but um, she was saying, oh, yes, I've just started working as an apprentice on a farm and, oh, uh, I've got to work on this tractor. It's a big, shiny tractor. Oh, I, I don't know why the farmer's given me that. <laughs> you know, it's a tool. The iPad is a tool for us to do our jobs. So what else have we heard? Um, What else do we want to counter? We hear a lot about um, MEPs drinking and eating and um, spending their time socialising. And I'm not saying that nobody ever socialises, but on the whole, we're still networking and uh, we're not pure um, but we are still networking and making friends and trying to trying to find out how the whole system works. And and what about that? What? How much of that are you being getting involved with? What they're drinking and eating. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I have found several days I haven't eaten a thing actually. Yes. And then it's four o'clock and I wonder why I've got low blood sugar and feeling a little bit grumpy. And I, oh, I haven't eaten since seven o'clock this morning. Yes, that's true. Or there was, in that very first week, there was a vote at about 10 or 10.30. You get back to the hotel having had no supper. And of course, room service is closed. Yes. So you end up with no food in the evening. And one of the things I have found if we're in the plenary and there are 750 of us in there and then there's a break, you have to be very, very quick. <laughs> yes, the cues to are get served long. before yes. you have to go back in. And if yes. you dither about or not quite sure where to go for your coffee, then there'll be five hundred people in the queue in front of you. Yes, oh yeah. There is a bit of an art to it. It reminds me of having a baby, and they tell you when you've got a baby and you sleep when they sleep. Well, you have to. You can't eat or sleep to your own pattern no. here. You have to eat to the pattern that is laid down by Parliament. That might mean that you're having lunch at 12 or, or tea, or, but I just yeah. eat in the gaps now. You eat when you have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you know you may need it later on. Yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely. <laughs> yes. 
One of the things we are struggling a little bit with here as 16 new Liberal Democrat MEPs is our relationship with our quote-unquote colleagues from the Brexit party. So when we go into plenary in Strasbourg, we sit with the Liberal group, the Renew Europe group. So we're in the centre of the hemicycle and we are scattered throughout that group from front to back. I sit in the back row because my name begins with V. Um, And then round to my left is the Brexit party who all sit together right at the back. So they're not part of a political group. Nobody wanted to sit with them. So they're on their own and and they have three rows at the back of their section of, of the parliament. And in the plenary session, Chris Davis stood up. He's chair of the Fisheries Committee now. And he made a point of order about a tweet that uh, one of the Brexit party had put out over the weekend saying that European fishermen would be subject to the Belgrano treatment if they fished in British waters mm. post-Brexit, referring, of course, to the sinking of the Belgrano during the Argentine conflict. So this is massively disrespectful as well as very stupid. And hugely provocative. Um, And then we bumped into him. I was with Martin and we bumped into him in the Parliament following that exchange. And um, he said that it had just been a joke and he hadn't meant it. And we were blowing it out of all proportion. And in fact, after Chris spoke in the plenary, two Brexit party MPs came back and, and, and defended it and said we were... We were blowing things out of all proportion and making a fuss about nothing. And I, so I, all I'm trying to say is it, this, this relationship is very difficult. It's stressful. And I believe that, that, that it's, it's not portraying Britain in a good light at all. And all our colleagues from all over Europe are sitting watching this, yeah. this awful protracted debate, well, it's more than a debate, isn't it? This fight going on between these two blocks of, uh, of MEPs. But we can't stop fighting. We can't just stop and step back and let them no. let them take over because they, this, um, the Belgrano comment, okay, they say, oh, it was just lighthearted, lighten up. The first person who I spoke to when I arrived in Strasbourg was a French MEP lovely woman. We had a very friendly conversation during which she said, I'm worried about the French fishermen. They will be very, they are antagonised by the comments over the weekend. And it will be very hard for me to keep their support and to keep their support for Britain. And light-hearted comments, which are so offensive. And and we have to talk about the people who actually died on the Belgrano. Mm. And, And these are these are soldiers and sailors who gave their lives for their countries. And we can't take this stuff lightly. It's, it's Well, I think it shows a level of, of ignorance about, about the, effect, the, the effect of words. And, and as Chris said, words can be used to forge bonds of friendship and they can also be used to cause great harm. And I would, I would urge our Brexit Party colleagues to start trying to be a little bit more friendly. Friendly, a bit more sensible, and 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 they may have a valid political point, but I I I'm I find it more and more shaming every time something like this happens that 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 we are representing the same country. Yes, looking at the whole of the parliament, everybody doesn't agree on everything. I don't want to give you the impression. We don't want to give you the impression that all the other parties are all on the same side. Like any political system, we go from left to right and through all the shades in the middle. 
But most people know how to work together. Most people know how to compromise. And most people know how to make a point and how to argue and how to how to win people to understand their point of view. Mm. And that's what we're here to do. And that's what we're going to be working on. So I believe that's the end of this episode. So that's goodbye from me, Judith Bunting. And, and goodbye from me, Caroline Bowden. And speak to you again soon. Bye.